BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. We have got some monster games to talk about in today's Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Some big performances and a little bit of drama also to talk about. Let's go! G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And uh, today we are recapping a bunch of games. I believe what were there? Eight games in the NBA today, but it felt like more because there was news flying around, monster performances, big scoring nights galore. More flagrant fouls and ejections and all sorts of things, suspensions we've got to talk about. So we are going to get stuck into it straight away. Uh, if you haven't already, earlier this week, I dropped the uh, Week 8 preview and also a recap of the industry um Pick up League with Kingy on that one there. So if you haven't already, go and check those ones out. Today, we are recapping these ones and also discussing about all the relevant things going on in fantasy basketball at the moment. And there seems to be lots of news and lots of things going on at the moment. So let's get stuck in and talk about them right away. So we're going to start over here. And that is not the first game that we're going to start with. We're going to start with the... New Orleans Pelicans beating the Washington Wizards by 20 points. And uh, yes, of course, another big loss for the Washington Wizards. Seems to be more often than not. Uh, In terms of the Pelicans, not anything too crazy for us to write home about. Uh, The big news, I I guess, in this game is the continual really, really good season of Jonas Valanciunas here. 16 points, 18 rebounds, 3 assists. He did it in 32 minutes. Super efficient as well. Hit a 3, had a block, had a steal. So, he's been really, really good. And he was a sell high earlier in the season because of the blocks and also because I thought that the minutes were going to come down with him. But it looks like Larry Nance is pretty cooked at the moment. He's been dealing with multiple injury issues and I'm not sure if he ever really threatens these minutes for Valanciunas. So, he might actually end up being someone who I thought was a bit of a uh, a bit of a bust about where he was drafting to maybe someone that pre- presents value when it's all said and done. He is turning back the clock a little bit, Valanciunas is, so that was good. Uh, Herb Jones, a little disappointing. I mean, he had the two steals here, but six points, two rebounds, one assist, and no blocks. 
not really what we have come to expect from him, but don't worry about him. It's those low-volume uh, counting stats, the steals and blocks that obviously fluctuate a lot. Brandon Ingram... Uh, Crushed it, 40 points. He did it very efficiently and well. Got to the free throw line 12 times, hit 11 of them. Still no steals, limited rebounds, and three assists. So it's really scoring, but obviously when you do that, um, you know, on that efficiency, it is still very valuable. Let's talk about very efficient as well. Trey Murphy, um, 27 points, six rebounds, four assists. He hit six threes. He was seven of eight from the free throw line and 70% from the field. He also had two steals and one block with no turnovers. A massive, massive game from him. He did this all in 32 minutes. And I expect that to be the minutes that he gets moving forward. Now, is he going to shoot 70%? No, he's not going to shoot 70%. Is he going to shoot 6 of 7 from the 3-point line? No. But he's a really bloody good shooter. And instead of shooting 6 of 7 from 3, he could shoot 3 of 7 from 3, no worries. Um, And... That line could be more like, uh, what would that be? 18, 18 points with three threes on 40%. And that's a more realistic thing to expect from him. He is a guy that is maybe a little bit overvalued in some circles when you're considering the fact that he doesn't t- turn the ball over. He's never really going to be a big um, assists and rebound kind of guy. His steals and blocks will be okay. He's really reliant on being an efficient three-point scorer, um, and he is that. He's one of the best in the league, I believe. Um, so he is obviously someone that you need to have on your fantasy roster. Great game from here, but I don't think this is something that we should get um, you know, comfortable seeing on a regular basis. In fact, he was a little bit down before this game, but obviously stepped it up in a uh, in a huge way. So um, he didn't start, which was annoying, but he played 32 minutes, and that's all we really care about at the end of the day. Uh, the rest of this team, so no Zion in this one, obviously, was, was also a factor in play here. Uh, CJ McCollum, Steals have started to dry up, although it's still maybe a, a good point to um, sell high for him. He still is doing well. The 16, sorry, 22 points, three rebounds, and six assists. He hit four threes, two of two from the free throw line, efficient from the field as well. So no turnovers. Still a really good line. His ranking is still way higher than it should be for the rest of the season. So there's still an opportunity to sell high on him. Over on the Wizards, I am officially giving up on Jordan Poole, man. I, I, I probably have the last several weeks here, but... This man, it's just not happening for him this season. It's probably one of the worst calls I've ever had as a fantasy basketball podcaster, YouTuber. I mean, last year I had one of my worst calls was the Jalen Smith thing. That was bad, and I I was sort of doing some soul-searching as a result of that one in the offseason. But I can at least excuse myself for the Jalen Smith call as something that, okay... I went too early on a guy or I went too high on a guy that I was projecting forward and we hadn't seen him in a large role before. Jordan Poole has legitimately taken a massive step backwards. He is not even doing anywhere close to what he has done in the past in a backup role. And if I even just said that he was going to do the same as what he did last year, I think that that would have been a ridiculous take, let alone him doing worse with more opportunity in a, in a team where he should theoretically have a high usage rate. But I don't think it's happening this season. Um, and it's super frustrating. If you're in a 10-team league and you're not punting field goal percentage, I think I'm now at the point where, yeah. And, and it might have been that point a while ago, to be honest, um, that Jordan Poole can be dropped. It's just too frustrating. If you're punting field goal percentage... 
he is someone that I still think is rosterable, but if you're not, I don't believe that you really have to put up with this any longer because he's just... It's just... um. Yeah, it's just really baffling to me. And I think uh, 10 teams, you can drop him. In 12 teams, if you're not punting field goal percentage and you're down the standings, you can drop him. Um, If you're up, you might as well hold on, depending on what's available on your your wire. And if you're punting field goal percentage, I still think you hold on to him because obviously that is something that you can handle a little bit better and you'll take the good nights a little bit more. But no free throw attempts again in this game in 31 minutes. Like, what the hell has happened here? I have absolutely no idea um, why his game has changed so much. Um, I don't know. Who knows? But yes, uh, I'm sorry if I talked you into drafting Jordan Poole because that was one of my all-time... Worst clangers in this one here. Um, Kyle Kuzma has still been good. 27 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, and a block. Efficient. Missed only one of his four free throws, hit 4-3, so that's a good line for him. Daniel Gafford played 23 minutes, but still had his two blocks. Uh, 5 of 6 from the field, uh, 6 rebounds, and a steal. That's kind of what we can expect from him moving forward. And Bilal Kulabali is starting to put together a few decent games here. 16 points, 5 rebounds, and assist. A steal and a block in 31 minutes. He is someone that I'm not sure has the highest um, ceiling, but I do think that he is a guy... Well, I should say ceiling in the short term. I actually really love his ceiling in the long term, and as a dynasty asset before this season, I had him as a top 100 guy. But in this season, it's harder to tell, but he is definitely improving week... By the week at the moment, and he has started to put up a few decent games. So I think that if you wanted to get ahead of your teammates and you've got a bit of time to be patient, that Bilal Kulabali is definitely someone that I think you can you can go ahead and add. He's he's put together what's that one, two, three, four, five games in a row where he shot more than or scored more than ten points. And in in a bunch of those games, he's had uh, blocks and steals. The rebounds are also starting to come up in the last, uh, what's that, the last week. He is averaging 7.7 rebounds per game in 29 minutes. Over the last two weeks, he's averaging nearly six rebounds over the last, um, you know, those five games in 29 and a half minutes. So it is starting to round into form. So there's going to be inconsistencies. And so far, his free throw shooting has been poor, but it's not been on huge volume. But it is a downside to his game at the moment. But I think if you have a roster spot available and you can look for someone for more rest of season value, Bilal Kulabali, I do think, is now an ad. Um, but just be, be ready to ride the ups and downs on that one. But he does look really good. Uh, Tyus Jones in this one, 26 minutes, 6 points, 4 assists, 1 steal and, and nothing else. Uh, pretty, pretty average line here. Only 6 field goal attempts. Usage extremely, extremely low. Um... I don't know what to do with Tyus Jones. He he flashes good games and then he goes missing in games like this. So I I don't know what is going on with him. In some situations he could be a drop. His assists and steals are valuable. But you're going to have to assess that, I think, for your team. In a points league, I don't think you need to hold him. I think that's pretty clear. But in a, in a category league, in some situations, he might also be a drop as well. But all around, this Washington team is just highly unpredictable. But I do think we need to, at least at the bare minimum, keep an eye on Bilal Kulabali. But I think in most situations, he is an ad across leagues. Let's go over to the Philadelphia 76ers. And Joel Embiid just absolutely torched the Detroit Pistons, who... 
ran out of centers uh, in this game. They they had, what do they have, four, five on the roster, and they literally ran out in this game. And Joel Embiid, uh, I, I tweeted out today that him being guarded by James Wars, uh, James, Warsman, James Wiseman was, was actual comedy. He just torched him every single time, got himself to the free throw line at will, uh, 41 points, 11 rebounds, five assists. He had a perfect 12 from 12 from the free throw line, uh, 14 to 24 from the field, hit a three, had two steals, and just really was in cruise control in this game. Um, they didn't need much from Tyrese Maxey, who did struggle in this game. Nine points, four rebounds, nine assists. Uh, very bad from the field. Two of 13. Missed all six of his threes. Five or six on the free throw line. Bad game from him, but I don't think you should be too worried about it. He will bounce back. And, and they didn't really need him to really exert himself too much with this game. In control fairly easily from the beginning. Tobias Harris did bounce back a little bit here. He had been very, very bad the last few games, so it's good to see him bounce back a little bit here. And Kelly Oubre uh, put up a line that you might look at and rush to go and add him. I don't think that that is necessarily... I don't know. I would be adding Bilal Kulabali over someone like a Kelly Oubre because this is fine. 17 points. He was extremely efficient. Seven of nine from the field. So that's not going to stick. He hit two threes. He had two steals. But the rest of the line is very empty. Three rebounds, one assist, no blocks. He's not going to be this efficient. Seven of nine. He also only played 22 minutes. Now, is this because it was a blowout? Um... I don't think so. I don't think if it wasn't a blowout that he would play more than this. Maybe he gets to 25 minutes instead of 22. But again, you drop that efficiency down to, you know, four of nine. And maybe it's one less three. So take away, you know, five to seven points. And it's a really poor line, to be honest. So I don't think that Kelly Oubre is a guy that we need to rush and add. He's okay as a back-end guy, but I don't think he's a must-have. Um, and the rest of this game, really, there's not much to look into. Don't worry about D'Anthony Melton. He played only 21 minutes again. A bit of a blowout. They didn't really need to extend a lot of their, their guys. Uh, he still had a steal and two blocks in this game and two threes. So he still did decent enough things. So uh, despite the empty-looking counting stats at the start here, six points, uh, six rebounds, one assist, and ten points, I'm not too worried. Let's talk about the Pistons. Um, Bojan Bojan. Oh, Bogdanovich is given the green light at the moment, and he is a must-add player if he, for whatever reason, is still on your waiver wire. He, like we have talked about, he's pretty empty, but he can give you scoring. He can give you threes. He can get to the free-throw line a lot. He missed two of them, but still, he will normally hit all of them. Um, and empty. One rebound, two assists, one steal, and zero blocks. That will be him. But there's use in obviously having a guy who can score, hit threes, and get to the free throw line. Cade Cunningham, uh, very inefficient from the field, 5 from 17. But again, hopefully you're punting field goal percentage with him. 10 of 12 from the free throw line, so that's nice. 21, six points, 21 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, no defensive stats, which kind of sucks. And only one turnover for anyone keeping track at home. So maybe it was good, apart from the field goal percentage. But he is, you know, kind of still doing his thing. It's not the greatest game, but... Um, mechanic stats were at least there and the points, rebounds, and assists. Um, um, Asar Thompson, he's good, man. He's really, he's really, really good. He was only a negative one in this team that got uh, smashed when someone like Cade is negative 23. He played 29 minutes, 10, 8, and 3. He had a steal. He was very efficient. Um, so I think he needs to be added. Uh, it might all go to shit when Marvin Bagley is back or Duran is back or both of them are back. But for now, you add him. And he's just so good that surely this coaching staff and this franchise don't let them bench this 
guy a, a second time. I mean, they probably will. But for now, I think you have to add him uh, because I just think he's really, really good and we've seen what he can do in the start of the season on a fantasy roster. Killian Hayes played 31 minutes. The stat line is not super impressive, but the 31 minutes to me here is the highlight. So I still think he's... I think he's a hold if, if he gives you what you need. Six assists and a steal in this one. Um, look... It's, it's a loose hold. If there's something better on the waiver wire, I can understand dropping him, but I am encouraged by the 31 minutes. I think normally he'll be a little bit better than this, but his ceiling isn't all that high. Isaiah Stewart got tossed out of this game for going full Draymond Green. Uh, admittedly, he was reacting to a little cheeky, sneaky elbow into the stomach and the guts uh, from Patrick Beverly, which was a bit of a dog move, but... Um, he did get ejected in the 22 minutes, had four points, four rebounds, two assists, and nothing else. We don't need to have him in our fantasy rosters. James Wiseman, uh, he plays 16 minutes, picked up, what did he have, six fouls, so fouled out in those 16 minutes. Like I said, could not guard and beat to save his life. He had 10 points, one in steal, and one block, but he is uh, continues to be garbage, and uh, yes... I will stand by that. Jaden Ivey, I think you can drop him to uh, 21 minutes, 7 points, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, and a block. I just don't think the coach likes him. I also don't think he's the most fantasy-friendly player in the beginning anyway. So the roller coaster, I don't think is worth the headache. Um, the upside isn't really worth it for him. So I do think that he is dropped. I would be dropping Ivy before I drop Killian Hayes, if I put it that way. Let's go to the Atlanta Hawks, and let's start with... The guy who I absolutely uh, overpaid for, I'll shout it out, I overpaid for him in industry pickup, but on Yeka Akongu, look at this stat line. 13 points, 8 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 2 blocks, hit 3 of 5 three-pointers. He was 5 of 9 from the field in total with no turnovers. And he was a plus 5 compared to Clint Capella's negative 17 in the plus-minus. So... And he shared the court a lot with Capella in this game. There were a lot of minutes with him. So he played 29 minutes with Capella's 34 minutes. So well surpassing the 48 minutes allocated to centers. So now DeAndre Hunter was out. We were also missing Jalen Johnson. So they didn't play other players like Wesley Matthews and Garrison Matthews. The Matthews brothers are a whole lot of minutes out there. So they really lean into sort of their top six players a lot in this game. But I think this is something that they can continue to do moving forward. And it it just reaffirms to me that I think that he is absolutely a hold in uh, category leagues. You need to go and add him if he was dropped. I added him. I spent way too much fab on him. I think I spent, what did I have? $170 of my $1,000 budget on him. The next highest was 69 Look, I definitely overspent, but I really wanted it on my team. I also had Clint Capella on my team, so it's a bit of a handcuff there. This is also a league where... Uh, there's a games cap limit, so I can afford to stash him a little bit. I had him on my bench today, which does kind of suck because I was, you know, you know, he'd not been playing too well up until this point, but uh, this is very encouraging to me. And the fact that he's draining threes and getting minutes next to Capella is very, very encouraging. And the fact that he's being a positive for the Hawks on the on the floor at the moment, uh, highlighted by that. I know it's a you know one game sample size, and that's sometimes not the most reliable thing. But plus five to Capella's negative seventeen is is I think uh, at least a little bit significant. As for Capella, he was also great. You know, 10, 10 rebounds, seventeen points, three blocks, seven of twelve from the free throw line. His block rate is up. Um, we also should mention Okongwu had the, the couple of blocks, so that was a big thing holding him back. So. 
I don't think that the system is necessarily holding a Congo's blocks back. Maybe the fact that he's playing more power forward minutes means that he's not going to block as many shots as his per 36 numbers would have you think. But I do think that if, you know, in those center minutes, both uh, a Congo and Capella can get their blocks, and I do think that it might just be a case of low volume stats, small sample size. Uh, I'm, I'm confident both of those guys put out some good numbers for the rest of the season and uh, could even coexist harmoniously, at least while I think Jalen Johnson is out. When he comes back into the mix and DeAndre Hunter's back in the mix as well, there'll be a little bit of a minutes crunch, but for now, you just have him, you add him, you hold on to him, and then figure the rest out later. Trey Young had a big game, 35 points, 17 assists, huge game for that one, four threes. He had a block in there, treasure that. I think he's had a couple blocks in the last few games as well. Uh, Five or six from the free throw line, big, big performance for him. Five turnovers though, so that sucks, and uh, he's a terrible fantasy player. Um, Obviously not, he was really good. You had a decent performance for John J. Murray as well. All pretty stock center stuff. Sadiq Bey, Missed all five of his threes. He's actually not that great of a three-point shooter. He's kind of getting out there based on you know, reputation alone, in my opinion. Um, but 10 and 12 is useful enough. Uh, two steals is okay. So he's, he's a back-end guy that he's fine to have, but you don't have to have him, I don't think. The um, Toronto Raptors. Big games across the board here. We had a nice game from Pascal Siakam. 33 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. No defensive stats, but very, very efficient, except for his uh, 3 misses from 7 attempts from the free throw line. But good counting stats nonetheless. Scotty Barnes, also ultra efficient. 27 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 11 from 14 from the field. He had a block. He had three threes. So really good game from him as well. And Jakob Pertl had a really good game in this one. 15 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 blocks. He did hurt you from the free throw line, as we do expect, but was good from the field as well. He is really uh, strange this season in terms of his up and down performances, but this was a really nice one here, and I still obviously think he's a uh, a must-have player. Um, OG has been stepping it up. I think the steals are not going to get back to where they were last season. We've seen that with a player like Gary Trent Jr. as well. His steals have really dried up. Uh, you know, he's playing fewer minutes, but the steal rate itself is down. Same with OG. I think that might be a change in the nurse system that was there to the system that they're running now. I think they're a little bit less aggressive when it comes to seeking those steals. So I think he's going to be good. And he obviously was a little bit of a buy low, which he's been improved on recently, but I don't think we're going to see him leading the league in steals this year. That will be Shea. That's about it for this team. Let's go on to the next game. The Charlotte Hornets versus the Miami Heat. Uh, Terry Rozier in a night where there was some insane performances. Terry Rozier's game this game might be one of the most impressive of the night. 28 points, 3 rebounds, 7 assists. He shot 10 of 14 from the field, which I think is close to 70%. He also hit 5 threes, 5 of 6 from 3. Perfect from the free throw line. Had 4 steals, had a block, and only 1 turnover. Incredible, incredible game. And he is on a massive, massive hot streak. It's um, it's going to dry up. And you can say that this is due to the fact that LaMelo Ball is being out, but... LaMelo Ball missed a lot of time last year and he was shithouse. And that was a reason that we thought he might bounce back this season is that the fact that LaMelo Ball was back and he plays better off the ball. So I don't really know what's going on here. He's just on absolute fire right now. Um, So his last few games, 28 points, 34 points, 21 points, 25. He's just, he's absolutely cooking these last several games and he is on the season, the 23rd ranked player over the last month. He is in the top 10 
Now, I'm not doing the buy low, sell high shows at the moment, but he is one of the most obvious sell highs of the entire season, of the last several seasons at the moment. He could very well be much better this season. So um, if you were offered someone like a top 60, I don't think I'd take that. There's a real chance that he's a top 60 or even a top 50 player. If it's top 40 and it suits what you're looking for, I'd start to listen. So try to get that kind of a level, probably to be really safe, top 35, top 30. Um, He's had top 40 seasons in the past. Now, it's a little bit fake because of the low turnovers, but I do think that there is a real chance in a minus one setting that he can return for the rest of the season top 50, maybe top... Sorry, top 60, maybe top 50 numbers. So aim for a top 40 player in a sell high would be my take. Gordon Hayward has been good as well. So 20 points, five rebounds, seven assists. He is still a must-roster player uh, until this team is fully healthy. And even then, I would just be holding on to him until, remarkably, he's been pretty healthy this season. So that's great. Keep holding on until that changes. Nick Richards uh, started in place of Mark Williams and played 39 minutes. He had four blocks, uh, 10 rebounds, not anything else, but that's a that's a good stream. And you can keep streaming him in for Mark Williams, who, who missed this game again. Um, I don't know how much more time he misses, but... We'll, we'll just keep riding Nick Richards until Mark Williams is back. And when he's back, you can go ahead and drop him and move on to the next guy. Miles Bridges is just kind of doing his thing. 19 points, five rebounds, four assists, three steals is great. Um, not super efficient, but still just okay, I believe. And Brandon Miller, he's been he's been better than I probably thought this season, to be fair. Uh, 18 points, two rebounds, three assists. He had two steals. He had four threes. Not inefficient in this one, but not super efficient. Uh, five turnovers is obviously bad if you were looking after that. Um, so he's been better than I thought. I think he is a must-roster player at the moment. I don't know if that will continue when guys come back, but for now, I think you have him on your team. Over onto the Miami Heat. Very disappointing last couple of games for Orlando Robinson. I sort of, you know, they played him 12 minutes in this game. He only had two fouls, six points, four rebounds, and an assist. He was a plus three in his minutes, so I'm not entirely sure. Maybe I've missed something. Again, a lot to sort of, you know, talk about in, in today's game, so I haven't been able to cross everything. So I'm not sure if there's a specific reason Orlando Robinson. In fact, let me just quickly search this one up here. I feel like I should be across it. Uh, Orlando Robinson. Um, uh, nothing I can see here. Um... Yeah, I don't know why they just benched him, it looks like. Um, So, yeah, they just benched him and decided to go with Kevin Love and Thomas Bryant and smaller lineups as a result. So, that's a little bit disappointing if you streamed him in. Um, So, I think with that trend, it's okay to drop him because, obviously, when Bam does come back, his value will be completely gone. So, you can probably move on and uh, try to look at something else, I think. Uh, Jimmy Butler, 10 assists is nice. A steal is solid. 7-7 seven seven from the free throw line is good. But he's just been a bit disappointing this season. Very um, not Jimmy-like in terms of his aggressiveness. So I don't know if he's going to be a top 20 player this season or even a top 25 guy. He might be a bit of a buy low, but he is a little bit older. And when he's doing this without Bam, it's a little bit worrying. Um, he was efficient, but yeah, the usage is just down and the aggressiveness is, I think, a little bit down. Kyle Lowry put up... A great performance, was perfect from the field and from the free throw line. 17 points, only the one assist, two steals though, so can't ask for too much more from Kyle Lowry than being perfect. And Duncan Robinson continues to be 
Really good. I think he's actually improved a lot this season. And, um, you know, he has had some quieter games recently. Um, there was one really bad games. But other than that, it's been pretty good with him. And I still think that he is someone that you need to hold on to, at least until this team gets healthy. And uh, he would be one of the guys that would be last to be dropped from this Miami Heat team between, you know, like a Caleb Martin or a Hami Huckers, who... To be fair, it was really, really good in this game. We haven't seen too much of this type of performances from him um, in terms of filling up the rest of the stat sheets with the eight assists. So this is good, and you can definitely have him right now, but I do think that he's going to be affected before a Robinson when Tyler Hero comes back, when Bam Adebayo comes back. Josh Richardson also wasn't in, in, in this game as well. So you can have him, you can add him, but just be aware that I don't know if this sticks. 33 minutes is encouraging, and he's been way better than I thought this season. Uh, I was very critical of the draft pick at the time, but uh, been proven wrong by that bloody heat culture, which is one of the cringiest things in the NBA in my opinion so you can have him for now but I maybe try sell a high I don't know there's a see if there's a heat fan in your league and see if you can get like a just a solid top 120 guy I, I think that I would do that because I don't believe that it will last necessarily too much longer after those guys come back let's talk about the India Pacers and the Milwaukee Bucks this is a little bit of a feisty one a little bit of a you know high tempers at the end of this game um We'll start on the Pacers side and then we'll go over to the Milwaukee Bucks. So, Miles Turner, he had he had a good game here. 22 points, 9 rebounds, no assists, uh, only one block, but was efficient. Had two threes, hit all four of his free throws. Can't ask for too much more. Maybe another block would be nice, but that was all right. 22 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists for Tyrese Halliburton. No steals. The steals are down a little bit for Tyrese, and I wonder if that's just because they're playing so fast and defense is by nowhere mean, by nowhere, like, the higher priority for them. So... I wonder if that's going to come back to what it was last season, but I have dropped his projections on steals down a little bit, which is the only kind of down thing about his game this year, but obviously you're not complaining with Tyrese playing the way he is. Buddy Heald has definitely returned back to earth a little bit in this one. So, um, yeah, I think he was sort of someone who had a clear sell-high window. I don't know if it was ever executable, but 7 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists. He was 33%, 1 of 6 from 3. He'll be better than this, but I do think that he is someone that um, you should hold. And But at the same time, he will have nights of extreme highs and lows when it comes to his value because he has to rely on that 3-point volume and shooting. Obi Toppin has really fallen off the last few games here. Only 19 minutes fouled out in that time, so 5.7 rebounds. He's someone that had some streaming value during that in-season tournament week, but I think you can obviously uh, go ahead and drop him here. And uh, the rest of this team, Benedict Matherin, eh, not not, not convinced. Um, Neesmith, streamer. Uh, TJ McConnell, great streamer. Even in 16 minutes, that's a useful line. 9, 5, and 5 with two steals. Whilst um, Shepard is out, he is someone that you can definitely go in. Oh, sorry, not Shepard. Um, the other guy uh, is out. He's definitely... And Nemhard is who I'm thinking about. Uh, while he's out, you can definitely stream in TJ McConnell uh, moving forward. Uh, but he is one of the best assist streamers out there. Over to the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo put up the career-high 64 points. He also had uh, the franchise record 40, uh, 64 points. And... Uh BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then... 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Uh, let's, um, hold on, just checking something. He is... He had 32 free throws in this game. 32. I, I, I don't know what the record is, but that is an absurd amount of free throws. He was looking like he was going to be a big positive from the free throw line until sort of the last quarter and, over, and not over time, but the last few minutes where he actually exited the game after he scored 58 points, came back into the game to score an extra six points. And I think he went one of three from the free throw line in that last little period, which until that point, he was helping a lot of us with our free throws, but... It's it's not bad. You look at it and it's 75% from the free throw line. Um, but on that volume, it actually drags you really, really down if you're um, you know competing to get to that 80 plus percent mark to win your matchup. But obviously, 64 points, monster effort, 20 of 28 from the field. That's going to absolutely carry your field goal percentage this week. Four steals, a block. He's been absolutely awesome so far this season. Um, the efficiency is is up even for him at the moment. And I want to say that he's like six at the moment when it comes to minus one ranking. If I just double check that before I talk shit. Oh, actually, he is, after today's game, he is up to third when it comes to minus one value. Uh, Leapfrogging Tyrese Halliburton behind Shea and Joel Embiid. So he's leapfrogged Anthony Davis, Jokic, and Tyrese Halliburton since I last checked. So Giannis is absolutely rewarding those, like myself in industry pickup, who picked him at the end of the first round. Damian Lillard was solid, but kind of took a backseat to Giannis and had 21-4 rebounds and 6 assists, 7 of 9 from the free throw line, and a steal, 2 threes. He will be fine. Chris Middleton, the minutes are up, and they look like they are staying up, which is very, very nice to see. 14 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal, and hit a 3 there. That is... It's been a long time to wait, uh, but the last few games, uh, he is looking much better. Brooke Lopez came back to earth when it came to his uh, scoring, but my God, the man just keeps blocking shots. Six blocks in this game. You'd think they stopped bloody driving at him. Uh, but yeah, he, he's been very, very good at blocking shots, and this is the second week in a row that I'm going up against him in industry pickup, and he is torching me with those blocks. Uh, yes, so it is very hard to beat. The team that has him in blocks, uh, which is a big source of his value. On the bench, 19 points for Bobby Portis. He, um, I think he also got ejected in this one with his second technical foul, but 
He was solid. I think he's a back-end guy at best. More of a points league guy. He was very efficient from the field. 8 of 13, hit 3 of 4 threes. So I don't think he's going to be that good. And in 22 minutes, it's not going to be the most reliable thing to count on. So he's fine, but I don't think he's a must-roster for every team out there, especially in category leagues. Let's talk about uh, the Grizzlies versus the Houston Rockets and another career high. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. had 44 points. Massive game here. Uh, Four steals and a block hit three threes, 11 of 13 from the free throw line, 15 of 24 from the field, and seven rebounds in this one. So massive, massive game from him. He has definitely brought it back these last several games. So it is really nice to see the patience get rewarded. Uh, Derek Rose also turned back the clock. 19 points, four rebounds, six assists, 30 minutes. He can be streamed at the moment, but remember, Ja Morant is very close to returning. So um, just remember that it's going to be short-lived, but he, he's an okay guy just to stream, stream for assists, but remember, he is usually quite empty when it comes to his fantasy stats. Uh, the, the volume here was good. The fact that he got up 14 field goal attempts and got to the free throw line four times is nice, but I don't think he's someone that we can really rely on, and also we had no Desmond Bain in this game, so he got an elevated role because of that. So you can stream him for assists, but don't expect this kind of performance uh, most nights. Outside of that, Really a bit of a dog's breakfast for this uh, Grizzlies team. Bismack Biombo, you could drop him. David Roddy is is bad. Uh, Vince Williams Jr., I think he's probably a better real-life player than a fantasy player. He kind of does those small things that don't show up in the stat sheet, but we want things that show up in the stat sheet. Uh, 10 and 7 with an assist and a steal. You can kind of leave him alone as well. And I think Santi Aldama is officially someone you can drop now. He probably has been the last couple games. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that we need to trouble ourselves with him because they're just all over the place when it comes to the, the center rotation. Um, did Xavier Tillman... He didn't play this game. Xavier Tillman didn't play. So I don't know what the hell they're going on there. Um, they're playing more minutes of Jaron Jackson at the center. And Vince William is also playing more minutes of the power forward as a result. So... I think you can drop Santi Aldama as a result. On the Houston Rockets side, uh, quiet one for Shengun. He, you know, he's been kind of cruising along, not blowing us away, but still good this season. I wouldn't be worried too much in this one. He played the 24 minutes. I believe there was a bit of foul trouble early in this game, which might have limited his minutes there as well. So don't be too worried about the minutes there. Uh, speaking of big minutes, Fred Van Vliet, 39 of them. He missed all three of his free throws, but did have nine assists and three steals. The steals are definitely back in a big way the last few games. So that is very encouraging to see. Um, The rest of this game, Jalen Green. I am so out on Jalen Green. I, I just don't think... I don't think he's a good fantasy player. I also just don't know if he's a great player, and I don't think he's ever going to be that star that a lot of Houston Rockets want him to be. Uh, I think... I was down on him on during his draft, not massively out, but I always had question marks about him and his his ability to be an efficient scorer or do anything else other than score. And I just haven't seen it yet. If you're in the middle of the standings or at the bottom of the standings, Jalen Green is not someone that I think is an absolute must roster. In 10 teams, definitely not. In 12, if you desperately need the scoring, great, but he's not providing anything else. So if you're either dominant in scoring or you need to catch up in other categories and scoring can be your way to get there. I don't know if he's an absolute must hold. In most cases, most people will hold because he can be better on any given night, but when you average it out and and these nights like this, eight points, four rebounds, four assists, terrible shooting, um, no steals, no blocks, 
it's just it's really hard to to hold a guy like that if you are suffering in the standings. Uh, Jabari Smith, though, he is playing very well. He had twenty points, ten rebounds. He had three uh, threes, seventy percent from the field. So that will come away, but a steal and a block also in this game. It's a big, big game. Um, he is someone that I'm pretty high on. He's still super young as well, Jabari Smith. So I do think that he has a pathway to continue to get better. And I buried the lead a little bit on this one. Massive game for Tari Eason. Are we adding him? You can. You can add Tari Eason and see where this goes. 25 points, 14 rebounds, one assist. Still only 26 minutes. So he had more minutes than Jalen Green, more minutes than Shangun. Um... Is he is he someone we rush to add or spend a lot of fab on to get on our team? I think you could get there and look, I've never doubted his ability. I've actually I've been one of the biggest Tari Eason's fans from the, the beginning of his draft class. So I think he is an incredible fantasy player. I do just struggle to see how he gets consistent minutes, but if they're able to find minutes, even in the mid-20s, it's enough for him. Now, it won't be this good. 10 of 16 from the field, hit three or four three-pointers. Uh, three but he'll continue to find ways to involve himself and get in um, onto the stat sheet. So I do think that he is someone that, if we want to get ahead of things, then um, I think we add him and, and figure the rest out later. I'm just I'm cautious of saying that it's going to be like this every night, but... It could. <laughs> it could. Like he's, he's bloody good. I just would hedge my best to say that this is more than likely not a replicatable performance in those kind of minutes. But in case it isn't, I would be adding and then seeing where things go. Um, the rest of the things for the Houston Rockets, uh, there's not really too much for us to discuss. Um, the other thing with, with Tari Eason is that we need to factor into the um, the account that Amen Thompson's going to come back into this team. He was out of this one as well. So just another player that's going to make things a little bit more muddy moving forward. But again, I, I do think you go and add um, Tari Eason and figure it out from there. Los Angeles Lakers versus the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, big game from Anthony Davis, who you know looked like he rolled or he did roll his ankle early in the game. Uh, was limping around, but he stayed in and dominated from that point. Thirty-seven points, ten rebounds, one assist, four steals, no blocks. Which I don't know. Maybe when you're guarding Victor Wembanyama, you know, you're just not going to get blocks that night. But he was really good, and uh, D'Angelo Russell. Was better in this one than he's been. Um, the minutes were higher. Obviously, we had no LeBron James in this game, so that probably helped him. Ten assists, three steals. Um, you know, low on the usage front. Missed all of his threes and his only free throws. So, had a few holes, but the minutes, I guess, are at least encouraging. But he had been trending down before this one. Let's watch and see how things go when LeBron comes back. Austin Reeves has been playing really, really well. 60% shooting from this one. Hit three threes, four rebounds, eight assists, and a steal. His steals are up this year, uh, which is an encouraging sign for his value because that was one of the big holes in his overall value last season. So, despite coming off the bench and... You know, his minutes, you'd love to see him a little bit higher, 29 minutes, and it kind of caps his ceiling a little bit, but he has been much better of recent times. Um, Prince had a good game, but again, a lot of these guys like Prince, Hachimura, Cam Reddish, all just had an elevated role in this game with no no LeBron James. So you can look at this, and and I know Lakers fans are very quick to go and add all these guys, and people love Hachimura for whatever reason, but a lot of this is fake because of the the no LeBron James um, you know game here and uh, yeah I don't think that Prince Reddish Hachimura 
Um, any of those guys are must-haves for fantasy rosters. They're more just streams on a night like this when LeBron does miss time. Let's talk about the Spurs and Victor Wembenyama. It is officially Wemby's world, and I believe that from this point on, I said in 2024, but I, I think there's a chance from this point on, December 14, my time, December 13, your time, that he is going to be a first-round player from this point on for the rest of the year. He is incredible. The move to center has unlocked the rebounds to a whole nother level. His blocks have been insane, even to his standards the last couple of games. He had 30 points, 13 rebounds, two assists. He had four threes. He had three steals and six freaking blocks. He is the number one player in Dynasty basketball right now, and I will not hear an argument against it. I just, I made the move actually a few days ago, but I feel confident enough announcing it. He is the number one player in Dynasty Leagues, and he is transforming basketball and will continue to transform basketball as we know it. He's going to break fantasy basketball. This is year one, guys. Year one. This is like his freaking 23rd game or something. 30 points, 13 rebounds, two assists. Now, he's Shotty from the from the field, he had poor free throws and high turnovers in this game, but normally he's better from the free throw line. And when we talked about his value in the preseason, we talked about punting field goals and being aware of the high turnovers. So hopefully in that kind of build, he's already doing first-round things for you. And it's just truly special. I didn't think the steals were going to be like this. I really thought that was going to be a slight weakness in his game, but they've they've been great and the blocks are insane and uh, even better than I thought and uh, the move to center I think is just going to take him to another stratosphere and it wouldn't surprise me again if he's up you know we're drafting him probably where are we drafting him next year you're probably drafting Shea Tyrese Embiid I mean Jokic He's going top five, isn't he? Like, you're taking him probably ahead of Giannis. He's easily top five next year in redraft, I I think. Uh, Maybe even higher. I I think there's an argument that he might be top three in redrafts next year. He could... You honestly could make an argument, depending on the rest of the season goes. It's 20 games into his career. There could be an argument that he's the number one pick in redraft leagues next year. He is insane. And yeah, it is just crazy to watch this man play basketball. Anyway, let's get off him. Keldon Johnson has also been really good this year. 28 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. No defensive stats, but he's been much more efficient. He's benefited a lot, I think, with Wemby coming in and taking that spotlight away from him, which has been nice. A good game from Malachi Brennan. I'm not getting too excited, though. He had 19 points and shot efficiently, but didn't do a whole lot else. And it's the other stuff that we want to see because he's not going to shoot 8 of 13 from the field most nights. So um, I don't think I'd be adding him. Devin Vassell has been disappointing. There's a little few things to encourage you here. He had the two steals, four assists, but the, the shooting was bad in this one. 33%, only one of seven from the field. He will be better. Jeremy Sohan played 29 minutes in this game. Again, as a starter, five points, eight rebounds, five assists. He is someone that you could have, but playing less as that like on-ball creator than he was prior. I think in a 14-team league, if he's on your way, I'd add him and just kind of see how things go. In a 12-team, I don't think you have to add him just yet. Or if he is in your team, he's not a must-hold. But starting and getting the minutes is encouraging. The uh, discouraging thing here is that Zach Collins, he might be cooked, which which is unfortunate. But 
Wemby playing at centre right now is is game breaking, and they've gone to it. And I think I heard I think I heard Josh say this on a podcast the other day. But once you once you've started doing this, I agree that like it's hard to go back away from it. I always thought he was a centre. The reason he was playing power forward is I think that his camp and and Wemby himself were were wanting to play more minutes of power forward to preserve his body. Maybe they've gone to the NBA and gone like, oh well. This ain't that bad. Like, let me just play center. Like, stuff it. It's not. It's not that physical. I can. I can handle this. And and again, if Wemby wants to play center, he's gonna play center, and he's killing it. So, um, maybe give it another game or two. But I don't think you're gonna regret dropping Zach Collins. So I, I actually do think that he is someone that if you have him on your roster, I don't think he's worth holding. So I do think that he can be a guy that if you assess your team and he's the worst player on there you can probably drop him. You can definitely drop Trey Jones as well. He had five assists. He's an assist streamer, a steal streamer potentially as well, but that's about it. Let's go into the last couple games. We're going to go over the first one, which is the Brooklyn Nets versus the Phoenix Suns. The big three finally played a game together, but let's start with the Brooklyn Nets. Cam Thomas bounced back, I guess, uh, poor from the field, but eight of eight from the free throw line is good. He had four threes, a steal and a block. Cherish those defensive stats. Um, So that is definitely at least an improvement on his last games, despite the poor field goal percentage. Mikael Bridges turned back into what I expect him to be for most of the season. You know, fine, 21 points, but three rebounds, two assists, and one steal, 80% from the free throw line. It's okay, no turnovers. Again, woohoo, no turnovers, but I don't think he's going to be a top two-round player. I think he's more of a fourth-round player moving forward for the rest of the season. Cam Johnson was good as well, 15 points, five rebounds, four assists, two steals, and two blocks. He is an underrated player that I would be still trying to acquire for cheap because he doesn't have the flashy big uh, rebounds and assist numbers, but what he does is still very valuable for fantasy uh, leagues. Spencer Dinwiddie is continuing to do well. Uh, The percentages were okay, poor. He missed Two free throws in this one, but two steals and two threes, eight rebounds, seven assists to go along with the 16 points is nice. And Claxton was okay in this one. 14-7-1 with a block, uh, 60% from the field. He'll be better, but you know, a slightly underwhelming performance, I guess, in this one from him. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, let's talk about the big three playing together. First of all, Bradley Beal playing 33 minutes in a back-to-back after missing well, however long he did, I think is just... I mean... They haven't actually described what the injury was. It was a back injury of some sort. But the fact that he's come back previously after three games and then was out another week, I think this is very irresponsible, personally. He played, I think, 27 minutes last game. Back-to-back plays 33 minutes here. Now, he was he was okay. You know, it was efficient. Didn't do a whole lot. Wasn't really required to do a whole lot in this one. Um, a lot of the responsibility went to Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, but... It's just, I don't know what they're doing over there in the Phoenix Suns in terms of like managing his minutes and things like that. Hopefully this means that he's just fine and it's not going to be something that picks back up later in the season, although I am worried. So if I am a Bradley Beal owner, and I am industry pickup, I'm hoping that he can put together a few decent games and I'm trying to trade him when he does. And I'm trying to trade him probably for anything in the top 80. I, I, I'm a little bit concerned with just how they're handling his injury and I he just looks a little bit lost out there, uh, at least so far from what I've seen. 
let's hope that he can pick it up and improve. But when he does put a stretch together that is solid, I'd be looking to trade him. You probably can't get much right now, but um, wait to see. Hopefully, he can put up some good lines. Devin Booker was really bloody good in this game. 40 minutes. He had 34 points, 12 assists, 6 rebounds, uh, 2 threes, and was 14 on, from 15 from the free throw line. Great, great performance. And he is right around that first round uh, mark, I believe, and I think he will be for the rest of the season. Sort of right that at that turn of the you know 12, 13 spot in minus one rankings. He is uh, very, very good. And Kevin Durant came back to this one. He said he wasn't going to play until later on, but came back and played 37 minutes, if you don't mind. 27 points, six rebounds, four assists, one steal and two blocks. Great, great game from him. Uh, 80% from the free throw and after struggling early in the game. And Nurkic, big Nurk, Nurk alert. Uh, 22 rebounds, three assists, and two blocks. Um, big, big rebounding game. And again, I'm just getting smashed by these 20 rebound games in industry pickup as I'm going up against uh, Kingy with him. So Gobert last week and Nurkic this week. So far out. If I lose rebounds again, I'll be a little upset. But obviously, really, really great performance. And he's been really good this season. I think he can continue doing this as long as he can stay healthy. The rest of this team, there's not too much to look at. That fifth starting is is not really going to be useful whilst the big three is healthy and playing together. So your Gordons, your Allens, and and things like that, you can go ahead and drop and move on from. The last game of the day we are going to go over to is the uh, Jazz versus the Knicks. Um, And the Jazz get on top of this one. And I believe uh, they also had uh, Keontae George leave this one early. So we'll touch on that in a second. But Julius Randle... um, 32 points, 6 assists, 12 rebounds, a steal, and a block. And solid efficiency as well, which is something that you can count your lucky stars for when you get that from him. Jalen Brunson was also good. 23 points, 7 rebounds, which is a surprise for him. 8 assists, 2 steals, and uh, nothing else. No 3s in this one. And bad from the free throw line, which is unfortunate. Not something you'd expect from him, but it did happen here. Dante DiVincenzo, 21 points. He was... um, didn't rely on ultra efficiency. He had 26 minutes. The usage was just weirdly high from him here. Um, Grimes on the bench. He was the one that went off last time. Um, I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if it's something that we need to rush and add, but we can keep an eye on it. Just remember that the previous game, he was bad, and it was Grimes that went off last time. So... On any given night, it can be any one of these, um, you know, Knicks guys. You can you can add him if you want threes, um, and he can give you some steals and, and other stats. So he's probably got a more friendly fantasy game than a, than a Quinton Grimes, but I'm still not convinced that he's someone that we need to rush and add. And RJ Barrett continues to suck. He's a bad player. And I think, and I talked about this in the preseason, it took a little while. It looked kind of stupid the first month or so, but I think the Knicks know it. Um, and... Him being as bad as he is might be the ticket to some of those other players getting more minutes and getting some better fantasy value because he only played 24 minutes in this one. He only had the two fouls. He just got benched a little bit more on this one. Nine, six, and two with no defensive stats, no threes. Uh, poor from the field, terrible from the field. Uh, missed one of his free throws from four attempts. So, yeah, he is just garbage. And, of course, in a category that you can drop him. And in a points league, I think... 
consider it. I, I think if there's other better options, you might want to consider dropping RJ Barrett because he's just not getting the minutes that he used to get anymore. Um, and he's just not good. Uh, Emmanuel quickly, 15 points. He had three threes, was efficient. The usage is low and the minutes were low, not encouraging. So if he's on your waiver wire, you don't have to add him. I don't think he's more of a streamer, I think, at this stage, unless we see those minutes start to come up. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein played 29 minutes. It wasn't a great game, 7.6 rebounds and a block, but I would be holding 75% from the field. That's typical for uh, the, the four field goal attempts is typical for a Tibbs center rotation, but normally he can chip in more with some assists and steals and blocks. Didn't in this game, but the 29 minutes is enough for him to have value, so I wouldn't be discouraged. I would hold him. I'd be happy to move on from Grimes. I'd be happy to also move on from Josh Hart, who had a bad game. Now, Hart can be better than this. He did play 28 minutes. Really bad game from him. Missed all of his shots uh, and only had the one steal, two rebounds and two assists. Really, really disastrous game for him. He can be better, but it's also not like he's a super high upside and um, the minutes fluctuations in this team is very hard to predict. So I don't think you have to ride shit games like this for his upside. And on the Jazz, we had Larry Markinen return back and he was good once again. He played 24 minutes, so I'm not sure if that was a bit of a minutes cap. I believe it was because he's coming back from a hamstring injury, but uh, he was solid. I expect that to rise up relatively quickly, 23 and 8. No defensive stats, but he was efficient uh, outside of missing two free throws. Kelly Olenek started still with um, Walker Kessler coming off the bench. So... I don't know what the goal is with Walker Kessler off the bench, because they did this when... um, uh, Who was it? Who am I thinking about? The bloody... uh, Jeez, I'm having a stroke here. Uh, Omer Yurtsevin was starting... Yurtsevin had five minutes in this game, um, and Walker Kessler had 22. He had his three blocks, eight rebounds, and was efficient. So he still did Walker Kessler things. I, I don't really know what they're doing. I think they're just throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks, but it is curious that they're doing this to one of their younger, more promising players and just stuffing him around. I'd have to think that this is... Again, just a weird way for them to manage his minutes. I don't get it when coaches do this at all. Um, maybe they wanted the spacing out there with Kelly Olynyk instead. I, I don't know. I really have no idea. But I wouldn't drop him. Um, I just cross fingers that these come up. And he might be another buy low. But 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 buy quite low. He, he Obviously, he's still a good blocks guy, good rebounder. So if you need that, that's great. If you don't, he's not someone that really should interest you too much. But he, he can be a buy-low candidate here. Like we said, Keontae George left this game with an injury. I'm not exactly sure how serious it is, but let's monitor those news. Um, if he is injured and your team isn't set up to handle poor field goal percentage, he's a guy that in a lot of teams is not really worth holding if the injury is more than sort of a one-game miss. Um, so you can go ahead and drop him and add some of those guys, maybe like Atari Eason, like a Bilal Kulabali, who also have a lot of upside that may be able to hold their value for the rest of the season. So um, he still has value, and I think he'll bounce back and be fine once he's healthy and the assists will still be there. But he also had his issues to begin with anyway. So if you don't need him and if he wasn't super valuable to your team and he's injured now, Sure, I think you can go ahead and drop him and try and get the next big guy. Uh, Colin Sexton, 26 points. He had a big game, seven assists. And with Keontae George out, they they went to him more than they did Talon Horton Tucker. So you can definitely stream him in. He's going to be Colin Sexton. So, um, you know, 
the steals and blocks not being there is not a surprise at all. He's an efficient shooter. He's not normally a big assist guy, but this team really requires players to step up for playmaking. So I do think there's a chance that his assists are higher than you would expect them or what they've been in the past whilst he's got this kind of a role. So he's a decent short-term ad as well, I believe, whilst Keontae George misses. But just do not expect any steals, blocks, or rebounds. Um... But he can be a solid, efficient source of three, uh, sorry, points with a little bit of threes and assists thrown into the mix there as well. Um, outside of that, let's touch on ten, uh, Taylor Hendricks, who did play 20 minutes, had two steals and a block. He's a deeper league, maybe 16-team ad, and he should be on a lot of our watch lists at the moment. I don't think it's time yet, obviously. And it might not ever come to fruition this season, but he is someone for us to at least just have on our watch list and have a look at. We also should probably have a look at on our watch list, Taylor Horton-Tarker, just depending on what's going on with this Keontae George news. Now, he is bad, but he does have some fantasy appeal when it comes to some assists and steals and, and, and some threes potentially, but he will hurt you in other areas. So it's kind of build-specific, but he is someone that we'll just at least monitor moving forward depending on this Keontae George injury. All right, big slate of games, lots of things going down, and I didn't even touch on... The Draymond Green news. Um, So Draymond Green suspended indefinitely. Uh, He is someone that if you are really struggling, I don't like to drop players like that, but he could be a player that you can drop. In total speculation on how long he's going to be out, I think he's going to be out at least 10 games. Probably in my estimation between 10 and 15 would be my best guess, but it is just that, a guess. Um, I tweeted out earlier that last year um, Kyrie Irving had an indefinite suspension by, by the team, by the Brooklyn Nets, and he missed eight games. Now, can we use that as sort of a guide for how long he's going to be out? I'm not 100% sure, but I think around that ballpark, I think eight might be the minimum. Um, eight to 15 would be my best guess. So he might miss up to a month, maybe longer. Um, and yeah, he's just... I don't know. The best beneficiary, I think, is Chris Paul. We obviously saw him have a great game last game. I'd also be adding Kaminga, and I'd be adding Pozemski. I go back and forth with Pozemski because it does depend on what they do with players like Wiggins and Clay Thompson and Chris Paul. I think that Kaminga is going to be also one that directly uh, benefits as well because he can play a lot of the four, obviously, and that's where Draymond Green was playing. Um, now, he has uh, holes in his fantasy game, but he can score. He can get some rebounds and hit some threes. So he's definitely a points league must-add. For category leagues, It it's, it's an add, but I'm not super excited about it. And in deeper leagues, I'm looking at Moses Moody, and I do believe that they are going to shake things up moving forward because Andrew Wiggins just is not doing it, and I think he's just bad at this point. So it wouldn't surprise me if they put Kaminga or Moody or um, someone else in that starting lineup as well as Chris Paul with uh, Draymond out, and they just completely shake things up. They went with that kind of a lineup down the stretch last game, so that is going on there. So... Uh, the other thing is with Clay Thompson, his struggles. I'd hold on to him. Obviously, drop um, Andrew Wiggins, but if you don't need points in threes, then you don't need Clay Thompson. So you can clearly drop him in that kind of a format. Uh, in a points league as well, like a Yahoo points where you're not rewarded with threes, you can probably drop him in that situation as well. He's moving closer to a drop, uh, but I'm still giving him more time because um, I have more faith in him bouncing back, and I have more faith in the team giving him longer to sort out his um, struggles at the moment than I do with them being able to hold on and live with Andrew Wiggins sorting his shit out because he has just been 
very, very bad. That will do it for us today, guys. Thank you for tuning in. If you have enjoyed the podcast, lots of information to talk through today. Give this one a big thumbs up and make sure you guys are subscribed over on YouTube. And if you can, take two minutes out of your day and head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give this podcast a five-star rating and uh, throw in a little review there as well. And I will see you guys next time. Bye. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.